back to the farmstead. We're glad you're here. Pull up a chair and rest your heels and let's talk about large family living on the homestead. Let's get after it. Let's do it. Like sand through the hourglass. So are the days of your life, Burns. Ouch. (laughs) It's been one of those weekends, huh? Yeah, it was a little bit long. This weekend led to a wonderful discussion about the over ambitious farmstead that sounds like the title to a book (laughs) sounds like a title to a horror movie (laughs) well before we get started i want to thank everybody for all your feedback uh for everyone sharing the podcast and helping us get the word out it really means a lot we've gotten so much feedback back from folks and comments uh letting us know what they love about the podcast and also what we can do better And so we're looking forward to um, uh, engaging with folks and uh, doing the best that we can with the podcast. And we got our first iTunes review and five-star rating. Yeah, that's so sweet. So this comes from S. Marie Bola, I think. I don't know. I'm not real good at reading this kind of. Yeah, I don't know. It says, good listening. This podcast is a great blend of homesteading and the rest of life. My hubby listens to a lot of homesteading podcasts. And it's just hours of techniques by dudes who sound like pompous hipster billies. (laughs) Man, that's that's a good one. This podcast is by a husband and wife who talk about the real ins and outs back to the land while incorporating other aspects of life, like Marie Kondo and Keto, with heartfelt teasing and palpable love. This is one podcast that both me and the hubby can enjoy. Well, thanks, S. Marie Bola. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, hipster Billy, uh, that's going to have me forever. Hipster Billy. That's <laughs> hashtag Hipster Billy. That's, that's a good one. I just seen something that's on great. Facebook where it was like, I can't remember. I, I, I try not to read too much of that stuff on it, but it was kind of funny like what the clickbait was. And it was like, um, it was something like there was somebody posted, a, it was like Huffington Post or something. It was talking about hipsters. Mm. And some guy got mad uh, and, uh, sent a message to the editor that he didn't have permission to use his picture in the for the post <laughs> yeah well turns did out did he have glitter in his beard <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great well <laughs> turns out this uh flannel wearing five o'clock shadow beard uh beanie cap was actually a, a model oh and they Eesh. had just captured like the cliche <laughs> hipster from it and then so they responded back and said, "Hey, no, this is this is all good. This is a this is not you." And the guy's like, "Oh yeah, you're right. It's not." <laughs> it's like it's hilarious the whole hipster thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying to laugh here and make jokes because I feel like if I can make more funny, then I'm in less trouble for this weekend. <laughs> can you notice I'm not talking a lot about that? <laughs> <laughs> trying to sweep sweep it under under the rug here. Right. Well, we've it's we've spent all weekend digging out of this mess of a workshop maybe we need to go back a step go back in the way back machine well <laughs> what, what's the difference why do we call it a farmstead anyway i mean why can't you just call it a homestead like everybody else well because there's probably there's there's some differences between a homestead and a farmstead why you gotta be different greg 
<laughs> Got to keep the contrary, girl. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> well, I think with, with a homestead, a homestead's a place where uh, you produce something from your home, whether it's a basil plant from your uh, your window planter uh, and an apartment downtown New York City, uh, whether it's a uh, an urban home in Minneapolis. Doing some doing cool gardening stuff. Garden, yeah, gardening. Um, or if you're uh, a home on a thousand acres and you have two chickens. Yeah. All those things are homesteads. Um, it's a place where, again, you're producing uh, some of I your needs. I like we were on a homestead when yeah. we lived in the city. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I think some folks maybe look at the difference between a homestead and a farmstead or a farm as a matter of scale, matter of size, matter of um, how cool you make your life look on Instagram. <laughs> Did we make our life look cool on Instagram? Man, I posted a picture today when we first we were getting started into the uh, oh. digging on that workshop, and the reason why no one saw a photo after is because it looks much like the same. <laughs> but we'll talk about that. It has less. So that's why I think a homestead is a farmstead is the same exact thing where you're producing uh, your uh, your your food uh, or nutrients or you're producing something uh, creatively something um, for that yourself. you're consuming um, for yourself rather than 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 buying it. Um, but on a farmstead, you do it in a way to where you do the same thing, but you're doing it in a way where you have no cost. We're also simplifying our food chain. Right. So it would be like this: the same. Um, if you lived in an apartment and yeah. you bought your carrots from Aldi's and you took them home and you pressure canned them, you're taking away the preservatives and the can, you know, the, the cans and all those things that are the the who knows icky stuff that might be in your food. You're, you're taking control. You know, you're 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 taking your life into your own hands on the homestead. On the farmstead, we try to do it in a way to where uh, we hopefully break break even so what that means for us is our f- a family of nine if we go through two hogs a year well we have to figure okay it's going to cost it would cost us two thousand um, dollars in pork if we were to buy that from somebody yeah. okay so how can we do that in a way to where it doesn't cost us two thousand dollars right so for every um, pig that we want to consume we have to sell two and so we, we've done that same thing with um Nursery stock, setting uh, uh, yeah. starting a nursery business just to cover the cost of our nursery for right. our trees to get our orchard started. Um, we um, have also done that with bees, bees to help offset the cost um, uh, of getting those things going. Yeah. We've done we it, it with, with meat birds, turkeys, meat birds, yep, yeah. all those things. Um, Chicken it, eggs, we tried to yeah. help pay for our layers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've done it with a lot of different things. Sometimes that makes it harder. But for our family size, I think it definitely makes sense, um, and it it helps offset the cost of raising this large of a family. It'd be really difficult to afford that this quality of meat, food, uh, mm-hmm. and produce if we were relying on farmers markets. Right. I mean, it would be. It would be. I mean, I don't even know how we could do it. Um, which is a whole other strange conversation of how we got to this point. Uh, in society uh, with cheap food and the, the lack of good quality nutrient dense food. The farmstead for us is how can we offset the food costs? Right. How can we simplify the food chain and how can we do it from home? Right. And that's, and that's, that's why we raise what we do and that's how that we do it. And where that gets to be a little bit tricky is scaling that from farmstead to a farm scale Oof. to where we're incorporating more, let's say, more pigs. 
yep. more animal units, more meat birds, more m- yeah. more nursery stock, whatever that it is, yep. to start gaining more income to actually be profiting above above and beyond above what you're and consuming. beyond just what we're consuming. Yeah, and that's where it eats into finances, time, uh, uh, physical and mental well-being. Oh yeah, and that's the, we'll we'll uncover more of that. Um, you know, as these things kind of develop, yeah, later um, on. and we have spent our early years talk of getting, about figuring out what you don't like quick. <laughs> we've I tried love a lot of eating things. chicken, but meat birds as a financial uh, business, you know, to 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 take it into business scale. I'm not I, quitting I my day job you. to run meat yeah. birds or raise pigs for that matter either. No, no. It just doesn't make sense. And that, that's the hard thing is when you get so far away from subsistence farming uh, and small scale agriculture, it's hard to shake away some of these, these, these uh, old mental trains of you thought. You just think that somehow if you raise, um, if you raise enough that somehow you can quit that city job, you've put it in your mind that you hate. Right. And that day job and, Everything's going to be okay because it'll be like Little House on the Prairie. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. we don't live in that time. And it, it's no longer go to the doctor and give them a bag of apples. When we would see the doctor, it's like $100 a kid. You know, if three kids are sick, oof, well, so much for eating that month or whatever. You're like, how are you going to pay your bills? Right. So you can't, I mean, it's lovely to think that you could raise enough chickens to not, not have to go to your day job or you know, enough, even bees or whatever. But at the end of the day, with our family size, at least it's, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense to do that. And and you have to be okay with that. You have to be right. okay with, am I still okay with that then? How unhappy really am I? Or do I just, am I finding happiness in the scale and the size that I can see through to the end? Am I looking at my year and going, wow, that was great. That, that, that was really good. Or, oh, I'm so miserable. I'm still doing this, and I have to do that. In our first few years of doing this, it brought to light a lot of the things that are going on currently um, in the the regenerative agriculture scene, the permaculture scene, the small-scale farming for profit scene. It brought a lot of these things out because, you know, rather than just spend years and years of talking about these things and learning about these things, we decided just to put our money where our mouth is uh, and invest in these enterprises and get these things going um, because we're starting to feel like, you know what, there's a lot of, there's all kinds of workshops and how you can raise uh, chickens for a full-time salary and all these things they just sounded too good to be true um and it wasn't until we invested in some of these uh opportunities to where we realized man i don't know that that's quite like that there there's always there always seems to be um some hidden piece of information that they're not telling you that you have to go figure on your own yeah yeah there's there's always some there's always um i love when greg judy um talks about the unfair advantage because every single homestead um every single family every single um uh, every, everybody's uh, experience in life, they they have a certain quality about them or that situation that somebody else might not, and that might help propel them a little bit further, a little bit further, and a little bit further. Right. Sometimes those things aren't talked about, aren't discussed, aren't brought up um, during these drink the Kool Aid sessions because I, it, it brings a little bit too much reality into the situation mm-hmm. and I can in this I'm, I'm speaking from from my own perspective here is is the idea of getting off the road and doing all these things um, 
you're so blinded by the romantic side of all that, you lose a little bit of that focus. Well, of course, yeah. And then that, and that's when we first went down this road of getting back to the land and, uh, disc- you know, really realizing why it is that we're doing all this. Um, and that's where the scale issue, where the scale issue really can make or break. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. We saw where going from seven to 15 pigs, um, that can make or break your year, your go get them attitude. <laughs> or when you're buying feed by the ton instead of the bag. <sighs> I mean, life just gets real, real quick. We found our scale pretty quickly. We we learned a lot of things the hard way, mm-hmm. um, and that's and, and we we seem to always be in a cycle where because we don't have any of these kind of experiences, we are no. learning a lot of these things the hard way, right? And I think that's that's what we're trying to do here is, is share, um, you know, some of these things. So the scale aspect and the context aspect are nothing that you're ever going to learn from anybody else other than yourself. Right. And you won't even learn it from yourself uh, unless you're checking yourself. As we were flirting with the home, going from homestead to farmstead scale when we left the city to come out here, mm-hmm. we got a little bit sidetracked with the farming side of it. Yeah, thinking that that would maybe get you off the road. There's always this little tiny thing that we're learning to do better, <laughs> and it's called... Setting realistic time frames. It's funny, not funny. It's, it's just. It's not. It's your ability to be realistic with your time frames is what I like to call Burns Rule. The Burns Rule. And it is if Greg says, ah, that'll take me about an hour, I multiply that by at least two. And then I have. A realistic time frame, right? So it's like, oh, he says it's going to take. I mean, one it's not hour? that bad, okay. is it? Yeah, it is. Like it's what? always that bad. Um, hmm. let's see. <clears throat> when did you? Let's see. Addition. So Oof. we've been working on this. Adi- we'll we'll take the biggest project that has been going on. You said it. Oh, it take me like a year. I figured it'd be a year. Well, we're not going to get it done all in one. You know, summer. Okay. All right, I cool. did. I did say it was only going to take a year. And now the kids are like, "Can we just have our bedrooms by Christmas, Dad?" That's like two Christmases yeah. that they've been waiting. I think that was January so, or no, it was July of seventeen. Seventeen. When so we started cutting a roof off the porch and <laughs> March of twenty nineteen. So if you hit school, the two year mark, how many months is that? That's a lot. That's a that's a lot. We can't. We you didn't. Ha- you don't have your socks off, so we can't count our I fingers and toes. Right. So there you go. But that's a that's that's gonna we're coming up on the two year mark. Okay, well it's a, it's an addition. You okay, know, we're, so the we're addition, doubling the yeah. size of our okay, house. You've never I, done that I've before. Never done any okay, kind never of done thing, that so before. I don't know what to expect. So being fair, let's go something smaller like butchering. Ouch! This is not <laughs> working out in my favor. <laughs> so Greg says, "Oh, it's only going to take me two days to do this pig," and four days later, there's still pork needing to be packaged up or ground or do whatever you need to do with it or hams that need you know smoked, smoked or, or whatever no. so all right so that's you true know, okay well true. you're you're a first generation butchering it kind of depends um, who's here novice. and who's who's helping and where the teachable moments are and you do enjoy doing that i don't but when you say oh we can do it in a weekend and i'm thinking no you need thursday friday saturday sunday monday 
yeah. weekend is two days for most average people, just so you know. And you need more like four to five days to do hog butchering because I think of start to finish and and then the workshop cleanup. <laughs> I need to like put in like a crickets. It's like a cricket sound I can put in here. <laughs> no, I don't. I can't do curse. What is it? Cricket. Cricket. Oh, cricket. Cricket. Yeah. Oh. Well, when we moved here, there was a modular home and a 10 by 12 shed. Yeah. That's it. There was zero infrastructure. Nothing. Yeah. There was the house and there was this rundown. And we used to keep our feet in that. Yeah, mouse infested. It it had holes through the floor. In hindsight, I probably should have just burned it it. and then started over. But say, hey, look now. It's it's what's supposed to be my summer kitchen, which turned into your butchering uh, cooler room. So that's okay. So then we when we got here we we went uh, we got busy logging and and cut down a bunch of locust uh, trees and you had this grandiose idea in your head and I couldn't envision it. You had drawn it out a little a little bit here and there for me, but it was definitely your dream. So yeah, here we are, these big locust poles sticking out of the ground. And you're telling Jake, well, string this string and then we're gonna you know set this and you could barely get screws into the locust poles and. I was starting to worry. And that took a while. I, I, thought, look, that was, yeah. I thought that was only going to take a year. That took... I thought you all, I thought you were expecting to get it done over the summer. Oh, but did it, was it that bad? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, see, I'm getting better then. Because, <laughs> yeah, my... Uh, wow. So now it's to the point to where it is just nearly about done. And it's, it does. I guess when you ask me how long something I think it's going to take, we should probably just triple it. I'd said times two or more. And so normally I don't, luckily for you, I don't, it's not that I need to work on a time frames, but I do like to work to know that we've gotten something, we go from point A to point B and we have the start and the finish. So I really like to, I enjoy knowing we've accomplished something. Okay, so we've accomplished that. You say, I want to get the workshop finished, and I assume that means we're going to go in, we're going to clean it up, and we're going to get done. It's going to look like we've done something, and it's it's ready for whatever you need to do next in it. That's what you say. And I think, okay, I'm coming out to help with that. And then sometimes my personality (laughs) can come out and I'm, I'm practically practically perfect perfect in every way. But <laughs> oh, Mary Poppins! <laughs> oh, Mary Poppins! My my ruler says I'm practically. Well, I wonder perfect. what. Okay, so if, when it's it's the workshop, um, it's butchering, the addition. I I would agree, but I don't. Doesn't matter what the task is; it always takes way longer. But I, I feel like this is more of a of a wild card when it's something that we don't have the experience yet in. And as we build experience and we do it again the next year, the next year, the time frames start to be a little bit more accurate. Well... Maybe we should have rules to where, like, if this is, like, a new thing... Well, yeah, but the workshop isn't necessarily a new thing. The workshop cleanup was something that it definitely... You've cleaned that workshop before. So, I started to think... Uh, you know, we've, 
it's really hard because of the fact that it's it's more of a multi-purpose area. So I can't, just like with the summer kitchen, I can't expect to go in there and can in it when you're trying to butcher a hog in it, okay? So I had to shift my my goal or my expectation. And the same thing with your workshop. It's a multi-purpose space. You're not just going in there and fixing light bulbs or I don't know what you can't fix light bulbs. Sorry, I guess like, (laughs) I don't know, whatever. Um, You're going in there and like fixing tools or doing... Can you fix tools? No, gosh. Can you fix tools? I am striking out here. What do you do in the workshop? <laughs> busy stuff. Oh, I'm busy. I see a busy. lot of crap busyness. in there, Greg. <laughs> really important creative busyness. So there's multi, it's a, a multi-purpose space. Kind of like. Well, okay. So <clears throat> it initially got dubbed the shenanigan shack. Mm, that's where the problem started. Because all the shenanigans happened under that roof. Those shenanigans being cow butchering and pork butchering and yeah, chicken butchering um, and tree grafting. Yeah. Um, it was also our sugar shack. <laughs> yeah. That's where we, we Every uh, year. Cook, cook down all Even the Even before it had a roof. Even before it had a roof. We had a tarp over There's it. There's a photo where it's like a ah, double barrel stove. And one of the tarp. first terrible rigs that we built yeah. that worked, but it's, it takes forever. Uh, what else have we done in there? Um, oh, like... Uh, Bee boxes. When we yeah. do uh, community building, bee have bee, build, yeah, yeah. Uh, build bee boxes. Um, we've had uh, Michael Jordan was out and did a uh, a bee class. Yeah, in there um, during like Oktoberfest and all this kind of. There's always something, some kind of shenanigan going on out there. And then you go in there and you taught the boys how to weld stuff. We do, yeah, uh, welding you and did. forging. Yeah, or yeah, I guess it's forging, well, not well, welding, well, whatever. Yeah, I, welding, don't welding, forging. I don't know what I'm talking it's, about. It's like, the, it's like the creative brain of the farm is the workshop because that's where all the tools are. That's where uh, we have water, power. Let's be honest. It's just a roof, Greg. It's just a roof where I go and sit with the goat <laughs> in front of the wood stove and just about how messy your workshop is. (laughs) Yeah. I think maybe where this... I'm starting to get the impression that where it becomes so tricky, um, it's kind of like your garden. Sore spot. Yeah. The garden, just like the workshop, is a multi-purpose space. So the garden where we have the greenhouse and all of your grow beds happens to also have just recently been housing some, some goats and some ducks... Mm-hmm. And some turkeys. Oh, those turkeys! And some chickens. So fat. Your mama is so fat. <laughs> Them turkeys are getting big. Yeah, yeah, those are Thanksgiving turkeys. Those were okay. Unrealistic expectation. Perfect example. You said let's get this kind this year because it will grow faster, and it won't be as bad at flying up and roosting forty feet up in the air in trees. Um, as these heritage breeds that we were raising. And I, uh, I am still looking at these turkeys in, in March. <laughs> but I also said, let's get these turkeys because Royal King had them clearanced. <laughs> and it was like... You're so what awful. was that, like September or it October? Was stupid. It was, I got them with the me birds. It was like July. No. Yes. No. Oh, I am not lying. August, September, October. I'll find a picture. Those rascals took forever. Yeah, they did. But now they're huge. They're now probably they're ginormous. 30, 40 pounds. You've got a big butt, and I cannot oh, lie. She, yeah, she, Becky's got a big butt. She has a big butt. And they like look at me like, what are we going to do now? 
<laughs> so they're looking plump. Yeah. And they've been in the garden, but and they've been they've been going around eating any bugs that are left, pooping any vegetation everywhere. that's left, and pooping everywhere. Mm-hmm. So like it seems like it's a nightmare. Well, you went up today and they've took torn, a look, right? They, the goats tore apart my carrot bed that I used to have nice, thick, tall, delicious soil in. Yeah. You know they did go through and they they cleaned up everything that I didn't. At clean least up. they didn't like destroy any like you know really favorite solar lights or anything. I had beautiful mason jar lights that they would light up at night, and this bumblebee, um, this honeybee solar thing that mom got me, and or did you get me that? Can't remember. I think I bought it for myself. I'll just take. I'll just take the credit for it. <laughs> Anyhow, and they destroyed him. I think this is stinking goats got up there, thought it was something to eat. I don't know. They're goats. They eat everything. Anyway, those were all over the place. So I just went up and thought, I'm never going, I am never going to get this cleaned up to be able to plant anything it's in it wet, this spring. It's a wet, muddy mess, and it's, it's just yeah, full of all kinds of animals. It's poop. March. It just poured down rain for like 12 hours yesterday. And so it is. It's a muddy mess, but it's a multi-purpose area. And I have to take that into consideration right. when I look at it and say, okay, this was my garden, you know, May through October, but then I had to give it up to be able to house things that didn't have another place to go at that point through the winter that had a a nice, you know, the greenhouse provides a a nice warm spot. We can bed it and everything, which also makes it a huge mess. But it's, I had to give up that spot. And you have to sometimes give up your area for little tinkers, tinkerers that, you know, there's messes on the floor. Um, You were cleaning today and we found what? tackle stuff all over the uh, ground there's, there's, there's learning and budding fixer-uppers and mm-hmm. they'll and they'll come in and, and climb and and get in and i can never Do find a hammer to daddy I, stuff. I can never find i can sometimes find a tape measure it has to be great to be a kid though right it, well i mean it's it's cool be because fun. it gives them opportunities to be creative and all that kind of stuff um on the flip side i'm really looking forward to putting a slider door on there <laughs> and a lock because a <laughs> i really enjoy like like right now, we're sitting in the basement, which is now our studio, which before was a giant mess. And we talked about it in the last episode. And getting it tidied up and get it organized and, and getting it cleaned, now it's like a sanctuary. Now we can come down here. We have our chairs. Right. Um, if we want to record music, all the guitars are up, the drums are up, everything is up and ready to go. And we can just create. And it's It's, it's awesome. a ready-to-go space. It's ready to have a place that is ready when you are. Right. And the, the what's tough about these multi-purpose things is that they're never ever ready when you are and you have to prepare and do get all these steps all these sequences Mm -hmm. uh done to get from point a to point d yeah and that's that's where it's hard with the multi-purpose areas and as time goes on we're we're fine-tuning it's like a multi-purpose anything they really don't ever excel at one thing because they're having to do so many things but it seems like what started off as the shenanigan shack mm-hmm. now has a wood shop, a dedicated mm-hmm. wood shop, mm-hmm. and has a dedicated workshop. Right. We have we have different places for all these things, which sparks joy and does go back to the tidying up thing because when you do see that tool and and those areas, you know, like right now, it looked like a bomb went off in there. It's been the last year of projects all accumulating on every flat surface that's there. Mm-hmm. 
and it's it's hard to think back at the times to where we're building community and we're building bee boxes or, or we're all sitting around the wood stove and joining a cup of coffee uh, or a beer and and getting to know each other and all the 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 um, the really great times that happen under that building get squashed when all you see is all the junk everywhere. It's hard to sometimes even think it's the same building. Right. But as you do think about those things, it gives you a little bit of extra motivation to put the, the, the mental work into getting everything prepared ahead of time and trying to be realistic with our time and also finish what we've started. We've had to, to say no some things this year so that we can actually finish what we started. <coughs> Do you need to? Can I get you a glass of? Can I get you a glass of water? Additionally, additionally, addition. And I don't even know that we could really get to any of that without better understanding our personalities. Well, so I just happen to have a little bit of time on my hands. Yeah, right. I know. You're this a doctor's is so appointment. weird. Yeah, we were. Let's, I had to take. Okay, so our oldest kid has wisdom teeth that are coming in crooked. Anyway, so I had. I took a book with me because I thought it would take a while. And this book is called The Way They Learn. It's actually, I got it um, primarily because I'm a homeschool mom and I thought, well, I need to know how to discover and teach your child's, to your child's strengths. But anyway, this book by Cynthia Ulrich Tobias, I was reading through it and I was like, oh, wow. It, It says in it, you don't necessarily always fit in one kind of box. I was looking through them and I definitely picked my personality out and I picked your personality out. Now, some of the kids, as they're getting older, um, I can see their personalities a little bit and can look and see what exactly they would fit into a little bit better. The little kids, it's hard. It's too early. It's a little too early. They're still developing. but But I was reading this and it was so interesting because I was realizing that I was definitely what they consider a concrete sequential person meaning that there a few things apply to my personality um that i look at things i apply ideas in a practical way i'm organized um i fine-tune ideas to make them more efficient or economical etc i produce concrete products from abstract ideas and then which okay that applies to your situation because sometimes you'll look at me and go, I don't know what to do. I've like, you'll talk it through with me and you have super abstract ideas. And then I'll go, well, why don't we just do this? You know? And right. you're like, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. And then um, I work well within time limits. <laughs> mm. And then for you, I definitely realize that you're more of a concrete random. So you are in... S- you inspire others to take action. You definitely do that. Um, you see many options and solutions. You contribute unusual and creative ideas. You're definitely unusual. Um, really? <laughs> it just doesn't stop. You visualize the future, which you totally do. I think that's so great. I can't do that. You'll look and you'll like think of like that workshop was totally in your head. And the addition, oh my geesh, I have had to have you make pictures for me because I can't visualize what you're saying. And um, you often find different ways to do things, which you do. Yeah. Um, you accept many types of people. True. Yeah. And then you think fast on your feet. 
which you do, and you take risks. I don't do that well. I don't do that well, I should say. I do that with you, but I don't do that well. I am pretty risky. Well, you... I mean, look at that. I would have never taken the risk. Like, I would have never gotten 15 pigs. I think the whole time you were saying, let's get 15 pigs, I was like, no, let's do like seven. We've already done that. We know we can do that. I mean, I could have seen us doing like two pigs. Right. <laughs> so, I just think, but it does say that the things that are hard for me is to use my imagination. Mm. I have a hard time using my imagination. Um knowing that questions have no right or wrong answer. I don't like that. Mm. I don't like that. I love that. Um, I don't like to have discussions with no specific points. Like, I'm like, what are we talking about? You can like be like, oh, man. I could just, you know, talk about... So no ancient aliens talk with no, you? No, I don't. No, it's totally pointless. <laughs> um, working in a disorganized environment. You know, I really struggle with that. Yeah. Which brings me to the point of why I even brought this up to you. So we had had a disagreement and I didn't know we had a disagreement, but you brought it up to me. Let's go back back just a little bit. So yes, we were starting on the workshop. Yes. And the first thing was to get the the wood shop side of it. The drive-thru side. Cleaned out. Yeah. And then get all of the... uh, tools and saws and everything in place right figure out how what the feng shui of that was going to be visualize so and we, can, we can work together and and do all the stuff that it takes to build the bee boxes right um and then get everything wired so there's power there right and not extension cords and to not have an accident where i cut my finger off like last year right because i'm just grabbing saws out of junk piles and running extension cords and right. nothing safe and 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 Making and so we tried to backtrack stuff. and see, okay, well, if we need to do this thing safe and right and effective, what needs to happen? What and so needs- we talked about all the steps to do it. Unfortunately, I can stand in the middle of... Complete and utter chaos. Complete chaos. I can visualize where I want saws, where the movement wants to be, and then I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you about it. Or when Dan and Christy were over, I said, all right, Dan, if it's me and you and Susan... Uh, or Christy, or if it's just me and Susan and, and the boys, I'm trying to figure out, okay, when I set these saws up, I don't want to be zigzagging and walking up and walking back. I want to, to, to do us taking the least amount of steps possible. You didn't want to keep crossing paths. I want to keep, right. keep the, 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 the workflow the flow. clear. Yeah, exactly. Keep, keep it flow. And, and then so, you know, I can see through all that to the very end and then get started uh, on it right and then when i asked and, and you were you said that morning you said okay let's get up and let's let's clean the drive-through let's let's get the workshop drive-through cleaned up ouch yeah and what's that mean to me okay i am very ready set go you said very task oriented you're yeah i the task was get it cleaned up well i walk out and it's like world war three had just exploded and vomited all over everywhere. And I'm thinking, we're never going to get this finished. And as I'm trying to clean up and, <clears throat> you know, we're moving wood and junk piles and things like that, I don't want to just move them from one place to another. I want to clean them up and put stuff away. And you're like ready to move saws. And I, I, <laughs> I was just like, I was starting to get um, negative with you. And probably um, frustrated and um, 
a little annoyed, I'm sure. I was probably annoyed. Um, and so I was taking that out on you because at the end of that evening, we hadn't gotten the task done that you said you wanted to do Not that day. Close. No. And I, I, you came in and said, like, what's your problem? <laughs> you were really rude today. And I was like, what? I was surprised because I felt like, although I felt a- anxiety from being in that mess. Oh, yeah. Um, I had given up my whole day. I had literally given up my whole day. <clears throat> Mounds of laundry, dishes everywhere, kids running awry, <laughs> you know. To help me. And to then help it you, still and looks it still like we never, we're never even there. <laughs> and so you were like, why? You were really rude today. You know, like you didn't, you were being like really abrasive, you know, basically. And I said, I am so sorry. <clears throat> but then the next day, I'm reading this part of the book and it does say specifically that I work. I don't work well in unorganized environments. And it hit me. I, I just realized I don't do well there <laughs> that way. And that's why I was so mean and rude and, and really discouraging. Uh, discouraged. I walked away discouraged thinking that you were discouraged. And you were like... Yeah, I can see kind of the floor. Yeah, like solids are in place, <laughs> and of course nothing's wired. Or no, but it's like okay, you I can, were excited. We can start to, yeah, yeah, because you can see, you can, you can, you can kind of just like work around the chaos. I can't do that, and so I can. I struggle with that, and that's totally my flaw. But. It made me step back and go, man, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize I was even being like that with you. And it, I felt bad then for being like that. But if you wouldn't have said, like, what's your problem, man? And we, and we, were, we, we had a long conversation yeah. of trying to talk, it, tr- talk the whole thing out. And we're trying to put all these things in words. And, to make, and then the next morning... I came back with and, the and, book. And, and like, I'm like, look, look, this like, is you. This is like, me. Hey, this is me. This is you. And you read it. And I was like, oh my gosh. That's like to a T. Yeah. And what's great about that is because we have an open line of communication... And when when there is a problem, you were willing to say like, yeah. "What's up?" Yeah, and, like, I, and I, you know, husbands and wives are I think are both guilty, is because um, we we have we have these feelings and these thoughts and these ideas, and sometimes we get lazy uh, on appropriately expressing those to our partner. And I could have been in, I could have came in and just been like, you know, what's your problem? You know, what is you know? But it wasn't. I said, hey, you know. Like I felt like you. Were I'm really, not trying to make a big deal about this, yeah. but I'm feeling this. Yeah. You try to approach the situation from a neutral standpoint to try to better understand. You know why? Why are you acting like this? Uh, and is it, is, it, is it me? Is it you? Is it us? What what has caused that? Because that's not the normal Susan kind of behavior. What what was that? And then it when you brought all these things from the book, the way we learn. Uh, into it then it's like oh my gosh it makes total sense yeah and what's been beautiful about that is then like from from that day forward like i have a we've been married for how long almost almost 20 years yeah been together for 20 years i know you yeah and you know me and it's amazing that even after all these years like but there's new situations you're always coming in in new situations learning about ourselves yeah. 
um, and I think one of the um, uh, my buddy Terrence Leahy, uh from the from the intellectual agrarian just posted uh, this week uh, on his social media um, about kind of uh, the, the the journey of being single or finding somebody and where he kind of is at with that and it it, it put to mind uh, for me to where it's not really it's whether you have a partner to dance with, uh, at some point in your life, it's like the, the music is cued and it's your time to dance. Mm-hmm. And by us coming together to dance this journey, we're learning our steps. One of the most beautiful things about having a partner to dance with is that we're beautiful. it's beautiful together, but we also can learn about ourselves. Well, you're finding out your, your own strengths and weaknesses, but you also have a partner to learn and... And I think figuring it out together, you know, being a team um, allows us to be that much more, find that much more strength to to be able to walk a little bit straighter path um, when we decide what path to walk. We help each other continue to discover and learn who we are. And when we bring that together, that dance is just so much tighter and more beautiful some folks that music comes on and they might be perfect yeah dancing on their own yeah and learning learning about themselves and that might be that beautiful picture that might be what that is what i like what what i think was so impactful about the way we learn the book on, on what you uh shared with me is that moving forward from there i think about things a little bit different so this weekend we're, we're still doing better yeah. with this, right? Right. It's a work in progress. But well, because we're busy. Rather than me say, the chaos of life. I'm going to go out and clean the workshop. All right. My goal today was to get to the back of the workshop, to the shelves, to get those organized, to start putting the things that are everywhere back on them. Right. And we accomplished that. And I feel great about that. I don't feel disappointed and discouraged and like it's overwhelming right. to finish it up because I, I met the goal that we set out to do and you came out and you helped Jeff and Terry, they were out and they helped and we had a Marie Kondo tidying up angel showed up today and we couldn't have done it without did. her. She is just so I want to dedicate this episode to sugar the goat. <laughs> She's such a turd. She, I have never. This goat is part cat and part dog. And she part doesn't know what she is. I don't, yeah, she doesn't know what she is. It's confused. So we cleared out the part of the workshop. But just to be clear, our dog eats cat food. So <laughs> I think our we dog have eats some cat. confused. That's true. <laughs> we have some confused. Pets. This is a circus. <laughs> this is just a circus. So okay, but the funny thing is, I called my mom the other. No, my mom called me the other day, and I go. She's what's going on? I said, oh, not much. You know, just the usual. Sugar, don't get out of here. The goat is climbing on the table. There's cats running in the door because the goat came in the door. And I have a rooster crowing in my shower. Girl, you're crazy. And she starts just cracking up laughing. And I'm thinking, how rude. (laughs) 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 I don't have a circus. Like, I'm going crazy. I'm going insane. You know? 
it's it's just that it's, way sometimes. It, I mean, it seems like it's all the time. And that's, I have to accept it. That's not my personality, though. So I have to. I've learned. That's what the, the our farmstead is for real. For it's, real, it's uh, an always need of tidying up circus yeah. of. You will never come, and it'll be completely clean because I literally never swept. I vacuumed the entire house this morning. Swept the car the the carpet rug that comes in the door, and thank you, spring, have mud covering it again, and. The kids go in and out and in and out and Sugar thinks she's a dog inside dog and she comes in and out to get fed three times a day and in I just can't keep it clean and I've had to learn how to accept the fact that my house isn't going to be you know home the and garden perfect homes, yeah. it is not it is yeah. not I have rugs that get um what is that stupid stuff I hate that should be banned slime it should be banned that and oh. glitter. Slime got on the rug and when that the kids catches. Make it, it's the, just so. It was from the slimy. store. It was even worse. It was from the store. Oh no! That they mixed with the homemade slime, oh, which that's made why it, it was even tenacious. worse. Oh, and my so gosh. it ruined a rug that th- got thrown outside. You know, just the dogs carrying around a goat hide from who know how many seasons ago that got blown from a windstorm. You know, it's always one thing after another. Oh, it's man. one mess after another. It's one project after another. It's, it's one, one foot in goal, front of the other. one dream. It's it, progress, it, not perfection. And it's it's it, this is it, I I think this is the way things are always going to be. I love that we've kind of realized some things early on in this journey, rather than waiting ten years to figure out. Oh, raising raising pastured poultry, raising five or eight thousand birds a year. Isn't for us. Like I'm glad we we figured that out sooner than later. Because what if we would have decided to do this in retirement? What if we would have waited, you know, until our kids were grown? Because it's too hard to do it while they're little. Someone once said that they're farming for a career, so when they retire, they can homestead. And when this person told me that, I thought, man, that may work for you, but that is completely backwards for what I want out of this life and right. what I want for my family. One of the greatest joys of struggling through the circus of figuring all these things out right alongside our kids we're learning how to weld and forge and raise pigs and smoke hams and keep a workshop clean our kids are learning that they know we're not perfect we're learning along right alongside with them and they're getting that training from day one if we were to wait to head down this road until we were 45 or 50 our kids would have already been you know grown we would have we would have teenagers kids that are out of the house and we this journey would have no impact on their upbringing. And I think they're learning so many valuable things from this scale of agriculture that they absolutely would not have the opportunity to learn if we were just a farm scale. I know I know some folks listening are, are probably, they're probably down with some Garth Brooks. What's that? Um, you know, I love Garth Brooks. It's a different context, but the message is some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. One of the greatest unanswered prayers was not f- going into farming full-time and losing everything that we had built f- as a family. And how this has developed and evolved has been awesome. Yeah. Well, there are generational large-scale farmers that are losing their farms, they're losing their identities, and they're also farmer. losing their lives because they don't know right. how to accept any other identity than what they have. And there's high suicide rates in areas that you know, they only know that. They don't know what else to do. They don't have any other identity. Dairies are folding every day. I mean, it's, it's, it's awful. A lot of things are changing. Um, but 
learning how to say no, learning early how to fall okay. flat on your face and fail and being okay with that. Um, we didn't do any maple tapping this year. No. All I, of our lines already ran. We all we had no. to do was drill new holes, put the taps in. Everything's so easy, it's right? It's so easy. Like we did all of the work so it would be easy. Yeah. And still this year decided, you know what? No, we're not yeah. doing that because the workshop is the sugar shack. And we would just now be getting done yeah. with, with sugaring and not getting to getting everything else done in the workshop and in the wood shop. And realistically, you say, oh, it only takes a day to tap and a day to burn. No, no it doesn't. You, had to, you figure Double seven it. days. Yeah. You know, Double, triple that up, time. We let, what, 800 gallons of go sap down the just go down the driveway because we couldn't cook it fast enough. And we we invest we now so now we've got the evaporators and we have things to help get all that going. And, and when we have time, we, we didn't will. Have to, we didn't rather than putting all the time into getting all that set up just to make syrup. Yep. That our that's not one of our big goals is syrup. One of our no. big goals is to grow this bee yard. To grow the bee yard and get the workshop finished. Finish what what we, we started. started. This and is our year to finish what we this started. This is definitely our year. We're we're learning to say no. We're learning that it's okay to cut back on things. Uh, it's okay to feel like quitting. It's being real, realistic with our time. It's being realistic with our finances. It's being realistic with our mental, our physical, and even our spiritual well being. I mean, one of the most the, the the greatest things to come out of working through the circus is just little gems, little gold nuggets that you find, like the the, the way we learn book. Better understanding who you are and I, who I am, and how we work together, makes the next thing. Yeah, because so I wasn't much trying to be grumpy with you. So now when we're talking about getting the workshop wired and yeah. getting the dust collection set up, like there's things you that might I just know. Choose your words better and exactly. Say, I want to and be vague with be, me so that or be specific. I don't. Be in my mind, I'm thinking the whole enchilada. Like I, I'm seeing yeah. the whole thing, and I'm thinking, well, what is if I just break it down and, and say like t- like today? <laughs> I want <it> steps. <laughs> I want to get to the back of the workshop to the shelf. Yeah, you've helped. You felt supportive. You're happy. I'm happy because I've had help. I've met that goal. Yeah. And it's it's just a different, little bit different mindset. Rather than looking at the whole picture, break it down into chunks that you can actually eat. Right. You know, and we've said it before. I have a habit of biting off more than I can chew. Yeah. And I, we always eat it cold. Yeah. Let's 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 take off a little bit smaller chunks. And let's enjoy it warm. And let's enjoy it together. And I think that is going to help us as we are getting into the years of building the farmstead to where it really is going to matter. You know, everything is snowballing. Um, and once we can, we can keep this momentum going, I, I just feel so excited about the things that we can do because we're doing them together. We're on the same page. Absolutely. Some things you just have to learn the hard way. Speaking of yes, learning things the hard way, we have gotten some really great feedback uh, on our Facebook page uh, and also Instagram. Um, if you haven't already, follow us on Facebook, on yeah. Instagram, like our page, help us uh, get the word out. Please keep uh, sharing the podcast, subscribe, um, and uh, you know keep letting us know how we're doing. We've had some really funny stories sent in and some really hard lessons learned. Do you want to share some of those? Yeah. So Ethan Hogan writes, One time I had 50 beehives and didn't treat them for mites. They all died. Lesson learned. Ouch. 
Sorry about that, Ethan. I would have no idea what that was like. No. Burns. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> that's, a, that's definitely, a, that's a hard lesson learned. That's super. I mean, you did it on, you did it on how it, many was that well, it last was th- year? It was 30 that we lost. It wasn't quite 50, but when you do the math on 50 and what that looks like for splits uh, or honey, whatever he was trying to get out of the 50 hives, that adds up. And that is, uh, Ouch. that is definitely a kick to the nuts. Yeah. David Halpin writes, hard lessons learned. Use the correct tool for the job using proper personal protection equipment. And personal health are all very important. I decided to chop wood with an axe when I should have been using a maul and flip-flops. When I missed my mark swinging as hard as I possibly could because I was trying to split a log using a tool that is used for stripping small branches, I ended up severing the artery on the top of my foot, almost bleeding out having surgery, not being able to move from the couch for three weeks. Fortunately, my employer's employee benefits are bar bar none, and I was able to take the time I needed to heal. Still in therapy once a week, three and a half months later. If I had been further down the road and more dependent on my farm enterprise for the health and well-being of my family, the results of my irresponsible behavior could have been much more devastating than they had been. Having all your fingers, toes, and being mentally, spiritually, and emotionally health are so important. And that is right on. Amen. Recently, uh, when I was, you know how they say, um, when you're like lifting heavy stuff, you should lift with your knees, not your back? No, I've never heard that. Oh. (laughs) Yes, of course. Yeah, well, they're right about that. No. Remember a couple weeks back, I threw my back out before I had to drive down to Florida? That was awful. I kept thinking... You know, all this is well and good, and all this is great, but if you're not in a place where you have your health, I mean, none of this makes a hill of beans a difference. No. It's, it, it, it just doesn't. If you're not physically and mentally and spiritually uh, healthy, then the it's, focus it's on all these kind of things, they all of a sudden just disappear. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's actually kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Good story, David. So Steve Hedricks writes in and says, make sure you have the 1500 gallon water tank secured good before you raise the dump bed to drain all the water. Oops. Ouch. That's a big water tank. Yikes. I bet that made a mess. Oof. I wonder how the, how the tank fared on something like that. I don't know. Joseph Waldorf writes in with a question. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? No. What? Well, you haven't grown up yet. Oh, <laughs> nice. Okay. Good one. Well, we have a bunch more, and we're looking forward to uh, sharing those on some uh, upcoming episodes here. So thanks, everybody, for sending those to us. Uh, please keep sending us your funny stories, questions, and uh, hard, hard lessons, lessons learned. learned. You want to end on a funny story? Sure, as long as it's not about me. Okay, this story comes from Tanya and Scott. So someone, one of the rams, has been pounding on the walls. You could hear the banging from inside the house. Every time I went outside, it stopped. So I never was sure who was doing it. But today, I caught him. It was the ram that got loose and had terrorized Deersville for two months. They had one of those rams get loose. Oh, I don't know anything about that. (laughs) We got rams from her, too, that also went loose. That was pretty fun. Oh, they 
were delicious when they came back. They were delicious. Three well, days. Well, her ram went out forever. Oh, yeah. And it was spotted everywhere. That guy had an adventure. And I guess, yeah, they finally um, finally got it got it back home. So that's, that's, um, that's pretty funny. She goes on and says, He slammed the wall so hard that it came off the foundation and separated from the back wall. So I went inside, got a gun and a dog. Dog chased him in the shed, and I caught him, hauled him outside the shed, and shot him. There was no fixing that problem. But here's the funny part. I shot him, and he dropped. Totally clean, no thrashing. I was happy that it went well, but I still had chores to do. So I went and did him. About 15 minutes later, I thought, hmm, I might want to check and see if I want Aniva's wool before it gets cold. Because shearing a cold sheep is way worse than shearing just a dead sheep. So I went back out to him. I put my hand on his side to touch the wool to see how good it was. When I touched him, he jumped to his feet, shook his head, and he was up and was pissed off. Apparently that shot had only knocked him out. So I shot him again. <laughs> this time, without all the details, it was clear he was dead. Scared the crap out of me, though. <laughs> I would have pooped my pants. Well, one thing's for sure is that Ram won't have the guts to do that again, will he? No. that's the funny things that seem morbid to folks that don't have animals is sometimes these things happen and they just you can't make this stuff up when she shares stuff like this I always tell her you can't make that up no when I when my mom laughs hysterically as I say there's cats running through the house the goats trying to eat the fake flowers on top of the table and there's a rooster crowing in my shower you can't make that up you can't make it up Well, there's a bunch going on. We uh, are going to keep uh, digging out of the workshop and getting everything set up so we can start uh, building bee boxes. Um, thanks for everyone who listens and has uh, supported us. Uh, all those that have bought bees, thank you so much from Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania. We're all sold out. So thank you, everybody, uh, for supporting and making uh, that dream and that goal for us happen. We're picking up uh, pigs here, I think, this week or this weekend. So we got to get their training paddock set up. Uh, we've moved the cows uh, in a, dif- a different portion of the winter paddock. We've got a lot of stuff, grafting, getting ready to happen. So we're going to have a bunch of fun stuff to talk about, a bunch of updates. Uh, in the next show, we're going to have more questions from uh, our friends here, more hard lessons learned, yes. and some more funny stories. Stay tuned. So guys, until next time. Be the change. Be the lighthouse. And keep it contrary. We'll see you next time. Bye. You know, I really don't like when you joke around about how cutting your finger off and all that. That was really serious. You don't think it's funny? Vomiting out the window of the van on the way to the hospital? No, I don't think that was very funny. Oh. I kind of thought I had you in stitches. <laughs> Get it, stitches? Awful. <laughs> that was so awful. <laughs>